0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Soul Surgery Podcast. My name is Nikki Clinch and I'm your host. This episode is another episode from our Surrender series where I get to sit with the wonderful Jessica Huey. Jessica is all about purpose She is a space in the world teaching people transformational visibility, encouraging people to breathe life into why they are here, aligning with their mission, their vision, their purpose in this world, and mentoring them, coaching them into those spaces so they can really thrive. Whether it's embracing being seen to reach more of their audiences or creating events and retreats or launching a campaign or creating a proposal to write a book, Jessica's 20 years of experience working in media as a publicist, speaker, entrepreneur, mother and author has culminated in the gift that she has to share with this world. She is also the author of the wonderful book, Purpose, also published with Hay House. We share the same publisher. And I get to sit with her in this episode to hear something so private, such vulnerability and such truth. It really was a privilege to be able to hear Jessica share this story of surrender of her own. Jessica shares with us when her father died and was dying and she was able to sit with him in those final days, care for him and the huge transformation that came from being part of his passing that also enabled a real death of the character that she once thought she was and she needed to be in this world was the beginning of the the end of that one that was striving and pushing and proving into the world and the birthing of who she is today. It is a beautiful, beautiful story. And I hope that you get so much from this. Every time I get to sit with someone and hear these incredible moments of transformation in their lives, how much courage it takes to really surrender who you thought you needed to be in in order to allow the space for who you were born to be to birth through so I can't wait to share this episode with you. If you have any aha moments, any insights, any shifts in perception, please do share in the comments below, um, in the YouTube channel or our Instagram page, or you can write to me directly through my website, www.nikkiclinch.com. You can buy my book, Surrender, which is now available all over the world, anywhere that sells books. And if you love this content, please do subscribe to the Soul Surgery Podcast and leave us a review because your reviews really matter and help this spread far and wide. That's enough from me. Over to Jessica Huey and another episode of our Surrender series. Thank you for listening. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for coming on the Soul Surgery Podcast. It's really wonderful to see you. How are you doing? Happy to see you too. I'm
1: wonderful here in Montego Bay.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, honestly, I just wish everyone who's listening could see the view that's next to your camera right now. It's you just are literally in paradise. Yes. So, thank you for coming on and speaking with me I've been wanting to talk to you you know I always find your work so soulful and so authentic everything you do you speak so from your heart and from your soul and you speak truth and I can trust that we're going to have a really authentic conversation which always excites me
1: I'm looking forward to it yeah Monday evening chat yeah
0: Yeah. So my invitation for you when I asked you to come on was, I wanted to speak to you about a point in your life about, I wanted to speak to you about surrender, a point in your life where you had to face the invitation to surrender that took you through a transformational process. Um, now you did mention something to me that you wanted to talk about from that invitation but if anything else comes up in the middle of this conversation I, I I welcome anything that comes through. You know really the the context of this is so that anybody listening can start to hear more and more that surrender is not a weakness. In fact it takes so much courage. To surrender, to surrender our picture of how we thought our life should be, of who we thought we were meant to be uh, or needed to be, um, and to surrender to, to something greater, something deeper, to the cosmic unfolding. So that's what I want to keep just allowing listeners to hear that actually people like you people like me everybody at some point in your life will be invited to go through some version of your process and that it's a transformational invitation so share with me share with us what what came to you when I invited you to speak on this topic what was the point in your life that came to you I mean the instant thing
1: point in my life um was, was the passing of my dad and, and, and that period where I cared for him um, because as I say, as I sort of shared with you with you earlier, it was the first time that even the word had kind of entered my consciousness in a way that you know felt it had any real relevance to my life. Um, I think up until that point, I would have been one of those people that certainly associated it with weakness, um, with giving up. You know, with letting go of grit and you know this kind of indomitable yeah. um, characteristic, which you know um, was one of the things that I felt very proud, you know, to be defined by this this sort of steely determination to keep marching on, irrespective of um, yeah, despite and I and I think it was yeah it was sort of 2016 when all of that changed and for the first time in my life um yeah I let go of the steering wheels you know and what unfolded was as you said it, it it transformed everything and actually went on to change the way that I live and and both my relationship with surrender as a as a concept um and just yeah, shifted me, and, and just kind of put me in touch with myself and with my needs, and uh, moved me into a space of beginning to start to honour those. To first of all, to make myself available to to hear and feel them, and then to honour them and make choices from that place of of knowing and connection to myself.
0: Wow! I mean that. uh, firstly I just want to say I totally identify with everything you just spoke of is is, I totally identify with the whole process of that that's exactly what Surrender has done for me I'm super interested of going back first and talking about the one that had the steely grit because I think I I think we all identify with her and uh, you know I want to hear about her like tell us about her like what where were you coming from then like what were you doing and and where did you learn about the steely grit like talk about that first
1: yeah okay um it's really nice to be asked that actually people don't ask that anymore (laughs) they want to hear about the after you know yeah um I mean it's an armor isn't it it's it's an armor which is a kind of defense mechanism from Everything, except it doesn't actually dissipate the feelings of, of lack and of not enoughness and of, of shame. Um, it just kind of masks them. And I think for me, yes. as, a, as a very young mom, you know, I had a lot of that. I had a lot of that shame and this, you know, this, the fuel which motivated me to achieve, which, you know, paid dividends um certainly by society's terms in you know in terms of of what they see as society says is successful that ability to kind of continue in forward motion and keep doing and building irrespective of the impact on myself you know um yeah meant that i moved forward in practical terms um and I, and as I did that, the way that I was perceived began to shift. And so what that did is is moved me from, I guess, a person that was on in receipt of lots of the kind of um, disappointment, you know, and and sort of stereotyping, which you know we all are, but as a you know a young mum from a council estate, there was a kind of um, uh, there was a real a real. As I just put it, it was high on the news agenda at the time, you know, in the sort of late 90s, lots of teen mothers. And, you know, um, it was a social problem of which I found myself a part. And Can I just
0: stop you there? I just want to ask that because that's so significant and I don't want to brush past that. You know, you're you're a single mother on a council state and you're a woman of colour and you're in the 90s. Uh, please you know what 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 were you feeling what where were you where were you in yourself maybe you didn't have the consciousness at the time but with hindsight when you look back like what were you feeling in yourself I mean
1: I was I was a child really so it
0: you know it I was 17
1: so I was still a little girl and um I I think you know wow yeah I was so young (laughs) yeah So I think I think it's 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 shame. It's it's yeah. It, it was it was shame, mm. and um, you know I realised very quickly that there was a way out of you know being defined in that way by other people, but also by myself, and that was through um, doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> doing lots and lots and doing it really, really well. And, yep. you know, I already had the perfectionist bug, which, you know, I know many of us developed early on as a, mm-hmm. a way of um, protecting ourselves from rejection or abandonment. Um, and so, really, you know, the motherhood just layered on another layer onto what was already there. And so, yes. it was the perfect. It's a perfect storm of um, this fuel to go out and prove the world wrong. Yes. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the armor goes on to prove the world wrong and also Mm -hmm. to prove to yourself. Absolutely. That you can be somebody in the world. And you know what? I just want to say there's nothing wrong with that. That makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense.
1: It's effective to a point. (laughs) It's effective, effective for point. point,
0: yeah, yeah. So what did you go and do? What did you prove? What did I go and do? Um,
1: I went back to college and I went off to university and I did all of the internships and worked for the BBC and worked for magazines and did lots of it free and, you know, ensured I was better than everyone else, earlier than everyone else. Um, more creative and smarter and forward thinking than everyone else and and as a result, a lot of possibilities opportunities opened up and so early on, I started to develop to develop um, a career in the media first as a journalist and found myself you know having incredible opportunities and flying all over the world and working mm-hmm. with superstars and traveling to distant lands i 'd never with currencies i 'd never heard of um, you know complete contrast to you know to my upbringing and i'm incredibly grateful for those all of those experiences um and then moved into public relations because it paid better and started to have my own clients and built my own business at that time and uh all sorts of things <laughs> all sorts of things
0: Yeah. And you would say that, I mean, that's a, that's a level of success and it certainly is a level of success that the world will celebrate the world that we're in celebrates and acknowledges. But you mentioned earlier, you know, did it take away the feeling of low self-worth? Did it take away the shame? Was that still there?
1: Absolutely. And, and I, and I, you know, looking back, I, you know, through lots of the, the sort of healing work that I've, I've done that continues you know I discovered early on that oh this I'm a workaholic <laughs> it's an addiction I, I need this I need this um in order to feel in order to avoid being with that which is too painful to be with um yeah and as much as you know as much as it's so much more socially acceptable the impact I think is is um arguably as uh um, you know wreaks as much, can wreak as, wreak as much havoc as some of the other addictions that are out there so that was yes. my coping mechanism but there were kind of these sparks you know throughout even in my late 20s I mean I'm 41 now but even in my late 20s I'm enjoying this and I was enjoying it um, I just wasn't sleeping <laughs> and I was still you know raising my daughter and juggling and You know, I discovered early on that there was something else because there was always a part of me that kind of because you know, don't you? You just you just need. It's in those moments of presence that you you start to feel the conflict. You start to feel that something's out of out of alignment.
0: But you don't know what it is. You're Um, like, is this is this it? Is this it? Is this all that? Is this as good as it gets? But you can kind of feel something, but you can't quite catch it, can you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so I had, you know, when I
1: started colorblind cards, I was twenty-seven years old and um that was the multicultural card line that I started when I
0: so I'm on a lunch
1: break and um, looking for a card from my daughter who's also going through the stage of like you know not liking not being confident in her in her body. And in her identity, and I was looking for a card with a black princess on it, and just discovered there was nothing in the high street. And in that moment, mm. you know, followed the thought, followed that sort of nugget of inspiration that said, you know, why not you? You do it. You create this. It's needed. And I and I did. And that, you know, I guess in some in some ways that was though that was also a moment of surrender, which I, I never ever would have labelled it. But it was so out of the box that I was in. Um, and it started to, yeah, create a path which was moving me closer to who I was and, you know, the real sort of truest expression of of me and what I stand for and my values and who I'm here to be. Um, yes. But it took, you know, it went. It took many, many years later, um, again, for me to be sort of crashed and hurtled to the ground in order for the real surrender to um for me to allow for it I guess
0: yeah so you were speaking about your father and he got mm. he got sick so can you talk yeah about that yeah
1: yeah I mean by that point
0: you know I'm
1: 36 uh, I'm running colorblind cards I'm also running JHP I'm running my own PR business I'm working with you know very high profile clients and I've won all these awards but I'm busier than ever and I'm being celebrated for this and that, and you know, and it's become more defining than ever than it's ever been. And I'm almost I'm grateful, but I'm I'm locked in by mm. I'm locked in by other people's perceptions of yeah, who I was, I guess. And I'm also and also who I felt I was. Um I remember this client sitting on my sofa. I remember I actually wrote mentioned this in, in my book Purpose. And he sat on my sofa. He was a coach, and he he said he there was this sort of mantelpiece full of awards, full of these glassy awards. And he went, you know, who are you without those awards? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a mom. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. And he's like, okay, let's move the roles aside. Who are you without the roles? And it was just one of those moments where, you know, they just, you, can, you remember everything about them because they are so profound and they speak to you on a level that your intellect is not ready yet to process. Yeah. But it was one of those. And yeah, I, d- I couldn't answer him. I couldn't answer him then. But I think that was a real moment of me beginning to explore what the answer to that question was. It was such a gift, yes. really such a gift. But yeah, fast forward to twenty sixteen and I'm so now I'm doing everything, I'm doing all the things. And by this point I'm really ready for some I know there's something else, but even the prospect of what that something else could be is 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 really discombobulating because I've always had a trajectory. I've always known where I'm going. I'm speaking retrospectively, I'd always known where I was going and without suddenly the prospect of just continuing felt really painful and and just not sustainable I'd burn out twice over yeah and I was exhausted and um but I didn't know what it was I didn't I couldn't see beyond this thing that I'd created and it's beautiful thing. I,
0: I, I want to stop that because what you just said is so profound and and not something that we normally can catch in the moment that it was something that you had created. That in itself is is important to highlight. That even though it feels like life is happening to us and we're responding and we're just kind of this is what's happening, actually it's something that you that you had generated. And we're speaking on a deeper level, like the whole thing, the the very the character that Jessica had become and had to be now
1: mm-hmm. to
0: fit this whole story
1: and, uh, you're right it's it's so important and it's you know I look back now and I and I kind of <laughs> you know it's lovely that you said I I speak truth and I, and I speak authentically but I thrived in a career and in a profession which was all about controlling perceptions <laughs> you know it's absolutely no coincidence that you know it was kind of as far away from you know, what I do now is you can get, um, so yeah, absolutely. We create, we create it. So yeah, I was very, very close to my dad. And so for the first time, I really just, um, stopped, I stopped, you know, and it would have taken, I think the, the fear of stopping the fear of surrender of letting go of that steering wheel was so great for me, not consciously, but I, I had to keep going. It's like I only knew how to have my foot on the gas.
0: Yeah. And
1: it needed to be something huge like that for me to sort of hurtle me into a state of presence, which is really what occurred. And, you know, as we discovered that, you know, he he was, he didn't have very long, Hmm. I, I made a decision to kind of, yeah, I felt like it was such an honor to be able to care for him that. I really lent in and grief is a funny thing. Like I, I, I'm quite fascinated by it. Like the way, yeah, it either catalyzes people to kind of, you know, push back and resist because it, because it is so painful. Yeah. But if you can lean in and I didn't know this, but because I, I, I wanted to honor who he'd been for me. I did lean in and, and as a result, um, and by leaning, I mean, I was really, yeah, present to, to the feet, to the feelings of grief. And, um, mm. and it, that in itself is, is transformational. It, it, there's so that, you know, I went on to start, to start writing, which that, which became a book before it was ever a book in that space, like three days at his bedside three o'clock in the morning back of an envelope stream of consciousness in that space of complete presence and complete um, truth beyond all things you know the armor dropped away because it served no purpose and when you feel you feel in that that truly visceral you know, um raw way, you return, you just return, and there's magic there
0: oh, I totally get it as you're speaking i just there's something so profound about being gifted with being gifted with the opportunity to sit with death because. I, it's so hard to capture the unspeakable, you know, because it is, everything just stops. And it makes you have a taste of the fragility and the absolute essence and beauty of every moment of aliveness that we've so, be, we've been so busy that we've missed and in those moments and i've sat i've sat with someone who's been dying and i've also lost my stepfather and it's it is a gift yeah your mind just stops yeah and it's like this is all there is
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah and it and it was you know it was it was an awakening
1: for me you know much like surrender wasn't a word that was in my sort of personal dictionary neither was awakening you know, and, and and yet that's what occurred, um, hmm. yeah. It ch- just changed changed everything.
0: So, were you able? So you were with him as he passed over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh,
1: and even before it, w- it was all, it was there was the, that moment. You know, I, I, I held I held his hand. I had that privilege. um but it was—I <laughs> don't know—it was like being so close to somebody as they are transcending, and being so present mm. that you somehow, some part of you, experiences that transcendence with them. Um. Yeah. I, yeah. Again, I, I wrote. I wrote about this in the book, like. You know, I I remember him, experiencing him, being with him as he started to experience his surroundings differently. So he's moving into a different. um, Yes. It feels incredibly personal to share, but, you know, I I know he would have been, he'd be happy with me sharing it. Um, Yeah, you know, uh, and being privy to that, being privy to that, because you, you experience things on so many different levels, right? You walk, you know, you walk beside the ocean, and you know you can be so in your head that you're completely disconnected from it. Yeah. And I think in that space where you are, or well, certainly with my dad, I, I'm no expert, you know, on, on death, but um, as he was moving into that space, he began to experience the flowers through the window yeah. in a much more connected way. And, as he did, so did I, yeah, um, which you know was was completely unexpected.
0: <laughs> oh wow, so as he passed, I would imagine then you went through a phase of grieving, real grieving, yeah, yeah, and
1: I had the you know the gift of um writing through much of that I mean
0: Hay House were incredible,
1: um because I suddenly you know soon after this this piece of writing, which had had no agenda, became, you know, in the way that the universe kind of puts things in front of you, um, it became the book, it became the book, and so then I had a deadline. (laughs) So, yeah, that was a really beautiful thing to kind of, you know, in the evening pour into, which was really a real comfort, actually. And it also felt an honour, just such an honour, like how blessed am I to be able to, you know, honour his life with something that speaks to that part of my journey.
0: Yes. In those moments when you were able to, and they really are moments, like I just, I want to highlight that, those moments of being able to really see the flowers and the moments to really be able to, to be present to aliveness, They're little, they are moments, and, you know, we kind of try to hold on, but they can't, we can't hold on. They come and then they flick in and they flick out. How did that start to shift how you knew yourself or how you had known yourself or seen yourself in the world?
1: That's a great question.
0: I think, I think
1: looking, looking back... That period is where was like the start of my undoing. So up, up, you know, up until that point, I had been on this mission, mission to sort of fix myself. I'd been doing the work, some of the work, but I'd been looking for a kind of and you know all the things that we do, Reiki and this and that and that and, um,
0: but I've been looking for something external and yes. And we kind of do it like a military operation. It's like, if I, if I, if I do my yoga. <laughs> what if I up my, you know, whatever to three
1: sessions a week and just kind of accelerate it? Because I am, you know, effective. if I just apply myself, I can fast track this entire process and be done with it and then it'll be fine.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> and like so, someone up there is just like laughing. Yeah, going, no, <laughs> yeah. <It> doesn't work. <laughs> but I think I think that is where
1: the 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 shift. You know, again, like all sorts of you know things presented themselves in my life that began to move me from looking for an add on that I needed in order to you know to to accelerate my healing to um dropping stuff you know it was that shift. it was like and it was like okay one by one the layers started to come off you know because i and i think you know with with a family member a lot of that is inevitable because suddenly the dynamics of who you are are shift they change they evolve and um so yeah, that, that that that
0: was where I began to um, unpeel. Yes, I, I actually st- opened my book with that. That you know, maturation is not a process of of adding anything, or or getting more. It's actually a process of of dissolving, and 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 releasing what we are not. And there are more layers than we can even imagine of how much you know, when we go really deep, like it, it's the behaviors and the patterns and the armor, but then it's even like the, the stories and the conditioning and the ideas. And it is just an unpeeling and an unpeeling because the one, like the, the one you, that you were born to be your authentic self is already there. (laughs) You don't have to, it's, it's more that she's just been buried under so many layers of whatever it is that we have perceived as who we are <sighs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> i can't wait to read your book Nikki. Oh, what was the little giggle about what was that laugh about
1: no <laughs> yeah, it was resonance it was just it was just resonance it's subtle. yes it's such a comfort in
0: it yeah it's such a it is a relief isn't it to realize that actually you don't have to find there's no there's nothing to find it's like actually, because there's this perception that if we can just if we can just find it, well then we'll, well then we'll be okay. But actually, that, that that is the illusion, isn't it? There's nothing to find. It's it's more. What are you ready to let go of?
1: Yeah. And there's so much to let go to be let go of. You know, yes. there's so much, and uh, and gifts and gifts along the way, you know in discovering, you know, what, what is
0: there in that space. Yes, um, and it takes, it takes a real decision of trust. I, am I right in thinking you were signed, like your original book proposal was look, looked very different to the book that yeah. was born, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, my
1: head soon kicked in, right? Because as it does, because it's like, oh, this is going to be a book. Well, then here's what people would expect from me. Here's something I'm supposed to write that would make sense, the shoulds, you know, for my career. And I always say, you know, I have no question that there would have been value in that book, but soon enough I just discovered as I was trying to write that book, it didn't have anywhere near the same essence and purity. And as a result, it wouldn't have had the same, wouldn't have connected in the same way on that soul level, which you know, I feel so blessed. Um to say that that purpose has, and and I, but it was a leap of faith, and, and again, an act of surrender in not doing the thing that felt safe. Um, yes, of course, not it? Isn't safe, safe at all? It's just shackle, another shackle.
0: It's actually what with what we know, because yeah. that's it. we hold on to what we what we know, and then we want to look for what what else we can know, because knowing is some kind of perceived security. If we know it, then we'll be okay somehow. There's something so, um, uh, most people would say it's scary to be in the unknown, but really that's, a, again, a perception. It, but to, to step into the unknown and to, to listen and trust from there requires a level of presence. Like you have to keep kind of being with it and keep listening and keep moving forward in there and letting something unknown guide you. Yeah, Faith. Like, yeah, faith <laughs> and asking. So, so tell tell us about like what is it that you trust in? Like in those moments, particularly in that moment, because you know you you were growing so much then. Uh, you know, you you weren't who you are now. Then, like, who? What did you trust in in those moments? I mean, I I
1: always had a
0: a belief in. God
1: or in a higher you know in a higher power I had moved you know I went to a Church of England school as a child I'd moved beyond the kind of boundaries of religion by that point um, but th- this whatever you know source or God was for me at that point was some was not something that I had a a notion of having any real yeah, any real impact in my life. And and I I remember saying to um yeah, I remember kind of just that moment where you realize it isn't all here, like it doesn't all rest on your own shoulders.
0: <gasps> yes. It's like grief grief and joy at exactly the same moment. It's like it you're crying with grief because you carried so much and you're just so grateful yeah. to have discovered that you don't have to do it all yourself.
1: Yeah, and then yeah. certainly the, the light, you know, the possibilities for what okay, well if I'm capable of this, <laughs>
0: you know, with with all
1: of this stuff on my back and the idea that we yeah, it was the first time. Um, actually that I asked during that period, that was the other thing that was quite profound about my experience with surrender then is that it was a very, uh, sort of still completely, I remember everything about it moment in the car park of the hospital where I just couldn't, I just could, I had nothing else. And I knew I needed to have more in order to go up and know be, get back to my dad's bedside and be who I needed to be for him and that was the first time that I asked you know I literally sitting in the car I, I just just unfolded and fell and then asked you know I literally put my hands to the sky and asked for help I asked my ancestors you know I asked I asked I didn't ask the angels I And mean, if I asked my ancestors and I asked God like, yeah. yeah support me please I don't I can't And that was the first time that, yeah, I guess I truly surrendered.
0: Mm. Yes. Gosh, I've spoken to quite a few people about this process. All the details are different. But that point, that moment you just spoke about is consistent. Yeah. Every person I have spoken to, including myself, and I write about it in the book, has had a moment like that. Yeah. When you just go, I can't help. Please help. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Ah, oh, it's such a moment of humility. Yeah. It's such a moment of humility.
1: And then we forget.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and we forget, right? Then we, then we, you know, and then we have to <laughs> develop these practices to remind us. To not forget yeah. until it becomes more of a ritual. But, but even now, you know, the, the, I think there's so much in the asking, just the asking, you know, ask and we receive. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> but before the asking is a moment, and this is what I feel is really important, to enable ourselves to ask, we have to at least, al- we have to allow ourselves to admit that we don't know how to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a difficult moment because yeah. and that's the point that I know for me I forget all the time like I actually have to go on, oh, I actually don't know how to do this yeah and that's so I have to allow myself to say that mm-hmm. you know and because yeah. it's a risk the moment I say that to myself I have to then be in the unknown and that's a risk yeah yeah
1: that's so true
0: So as you were writing Purpose, did you notice that you started to develop a trust in yourself, a new kind of trust in yourself as you were writing it? You know, you have this trust in something bigger, but the trust in yourself Mm -hmm. as in who you are, not not so much who you've been or what you have to do to achieve, but the trust in you. Yeah. Did that start to build? It did. It did.
1: It did. And because I think it was such a, uh, you know, I was just more present than I'd ever been. And and in that presence, and and I think having been connected to just this, you know, things started to happen. You know, just, there was just this kind of period of like synchronicities and signs that were thick and fast. So I, I found myself, you know, in this, um, I relate very much to Anita Mojani, and I don't know if you've read her her book, another Hay House author, no. and um, yeah, where you're you're kind of you 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 start to quit nothing else out. It doesn't, you know, you you are in such a space of questioning and dissembling ideologies, and structures, and yours and those outside of you know that the only thing that feels real is this little. You know sort of growing bubble of spirituality which for me it was you know it was it was new to have this connection and um within that it was unquestionable and, and i yeah i don't know if i'm sort of being very eloquent but it in receiving that um in feeling that connection mm. to to the power outside of us. Simultaneously, the the trust in myself did begin to build. Um, yes. But simultaneously, I, I knew I was sort of letting go of things, left, right, and center. So there was also this yeah. complete, "What the hell am I doing?" Simultaneously, this like deep knowing yeah. and trust and mm-hmm. a parallel, you know, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Yes, do you know what I mean and people around you also don't understand what's happening yep. because you're not you're you know because that's really discombobulating for them because suddenly you're not the person that that you know you don't fit the puzzle in the way that they need mm-hmm. you to fit for their sense of comfort Yep. so there's all of that that you have to kind of really yeah I guess find a level of courage in order to continue and not just contract back in order
0: to fit, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think what you have just spoken, and I know, I know, you must have thought that 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 was kind of coming out in a messy way, but it came out beautifully because what you just you you captured exactly what happens in the process. You know, I think I write this one line in the book. Every if if I asked anybody, do you are you ready to awaken and to your most Authentic, empowered self are you ready to come home? Everyone will say yes, but no one, not many people really understand on a, on an experiential level what that means and what What is required at the beginning is that there 's a destabilization phase mm-hmm. once you are losing the attachment to this idea of who you thought you were and how life was meant to be and and everything about how you 've known yourself you know, it, it almost feels worse before it gets better. Like you you go through a destabilization and it affects everyone. Like suddenly your partners and your friends and everyone's like, Oh, where's Jess gone? Like, hold on, bring Jess. But I remember my father saying to me, um, my first one was when I got sober. And he'd say to me, God, you were so much more fun when you were drunk. Like, literally, he, my father said that to me. He, he didn't like the sober version. Like, it it impacts everybody because it triggers everyone. Yeah. 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 And if you can, and that's important for the listeners to know, the destabilization is part of it. Mm-hmm. It's not, you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. But somehow in that, like you were speaking, can you find a way not to contract and just to keep sort of taking one step at a time through it? Because as the old story of yourself and your life is dissolving, simultaneously the new one is being written. Yes. And it's happening at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Nikki, can I just show you the sky? Because no
1: one's show. Does anyone want to show?
0: What it's to show me, show me, show, show me. Because it's like oh, almost. God. Oh, how do god! I? That is so beautiful, isn't it? That is stunning. <laughs> so I had to oh, share that. <laughs> like we're talking about awakening, and the sky is going. Oh! <laughs> Oh, I, so share about where you are now, like, tell us where you are now. I know you've just done a big change in your life. We did it. We did one similar times yeah. Well, you went a little bit before me. So where are you now? And t- speak about the change that's happened recently.
1: I'm in Jamaica. Um, I made the move in July, 2020. Um, you know, it's been a process like since, yeah, since since that sort of 2016 um, breaking open. Um, it's just been a process of more and more listening to my, yeah, my heart and soul and trusting that guidance and acting on it. And I think that that the move to Jamaica was definitely, you know, it kind of, you know, I, It came, it was like, it hadn't been part of my plan. <laughs> it hadn't been part of my plan. You know, my dad was Jamaican, so I have a relationship with the country. It feels like home, um, mm. but it wasn't on the cards and I was living in Surrey. And, you know, we got into this sort of quarantine period of lockdown and I just felt this sort of huge um, compulsion to leave. Like to go I'm mm. here um and and it you know it was really re- was, was yeah I just 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 the sense of being boxed felt um, yeah began to feel very real for me and, and not not because we were I think it, for me it was and I guess depending on your perspective it, it was really just the lockdown that became this sort of Um, magnifying glass to what was already there, right? And, um, yeah, I needed to, I needed to be in nature. I needed to, to. so, yeah, here I am. And, yeah, it's almost a year. And, uh, yeah, it's great to be here. It's not, you know, it's not without challenges. It's, it's, you know, I definitely had some nights. I don't want to make it sound like a walk in the park. I had nights, you know, sort of dark you know more dark nights of the soul you know before I left just in the dark questioning because I came out with my son um what are you doing like you know what what are you doing this this is mad because from the moment that I made the decision or the decision came to me um it was like 15 16 weeks later that we were on the first flight and
0: wow yeah (laughs) I mean, what I hear from the outside in is you're just listening. You're continuing to listen to something that doesn't make sense. And you trust it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the thread. Like, you've just shared the whole process of the breaking down of the one that you once were. And now, you know, there's that listening of that unknown something that leads your life and that is that's the beautiful gift that's and you're that's allowing you to generate something that doesn't make any sense
1: Hmm.
0: beautiful you thank you thank you so much for this very honest and deep and genuine and i think relatable conversation i've heard so much that i relate Two in it and i know the listeners will as well so your book purpose is being re-released is that right a new edition of it
1: yeah not i think in november
0: okay uh, yeah
1: so with extra yeah. chapters.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah i want everyone to hear you've added extra chapters to it about this move to jamaica is that right yeah oh, yeah so That's so that. important Beautiful. Well, everybody, the details will be in the notes below and you'll be able to go and find that when it comes out in November. Thank you so much, Jessica. It has been such a joy to speak to you and so much wisdom and and heart. Thank you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. Delicious. Thank you, my love.